So this one snuck up on me. Somehow February became in a super important month for the HLP without me realizing it. This episode marks part one of our book two finale, and in addition, the Zone of Truth celebrated the beginning of its second year of operation with the very first annual, I stress annual, Antrellis Awards. Finally, and most importantly, everyone's favorite cookie baker, pathologically deranged pastor, mad doctor, and wonderful were-tiger will be returning this leap year day, February 29th, so be sure to refresh your feeds on that day for episode 14 of the HLP Evil Interlude. That being said, I want to let you know that we actually do have a one-time only slight tweak to our release schedule, and it can turn and it does concern the Zone of Truth. Episode 27 of the ZOT will be releasing on Thursday, the 20th, as opposed to its scheduled release on Monday, February 17th. It's not like we're late in recording. And all future releases will continue to release like normal every second Monday. But the gang and I just wanted to recap book two and couldn't do that with you all not hearing our take on episode 80, which drops earlier the same day. Thank you all for your patience. And I am so incredibly excited for you all to hear episode 79, Doom, Gloom, and Saloom. like liquor and things that go boo then buckle up listener because this one's for you prepare yourself for the hideous laughter podcast hey everybody and welcome back to the hideous laughter podcast episode 79 and the beginning of the end of book two. All right. The finale, baby. Ooh, yikes. Only wow. lost one player up to this point. Let's, let's see keep if we it can, that way. Let's see if we can keep the streak alive. So, we're all drinking the same thing. And I've drank a lot of shit, but this is the, this is the whitest and creamiest beverage I think I've had in a long time. Mm. Oh, it looks like milk. What is this, Emily? This is a Russian bear suggested by Jason. He described it as adult chocolate milk. It's vodka, cream de cacao, and cream. Can you go ahead and give our listeners the ratios of those things, though? One ounce of vodka half an ounce of the cacao, and half an ounce of cream. Are you saying cacao? Yes. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, uh, cream to cacao. Oh <laughs> <laughs> it's sloshed around in this pint glass quite a bit, and uh, then it's just kind of dried. It's crusty on the side. I don't like that. I don't like it, period. Here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try some. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has yet. But yeah, here we go. Not yet, but here we go. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Oh, oh boy. Ooh, that's a no for me, Jason. That is a no for me. What the yeah. fuck, dog? I thought you were friends with us. I gotta shoot the rest of this. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I did need to plug my nose in order to drink it, but it's not helping. Yeah, I, took, I took about oh, half of it down. This is what I needed to get in the 
PC killing mood. So thank you, hey. Jason. Oh, I'm trying to power through it. I can't yeah. do it. I it can't burns. Do it. I, I, I barely had any in my mouth and it was horrible. I feel like yeah, I should I'll take it start soon here. naming the uh, the dice sets that have killed players, especially going into this episode. So uh, this one actually has a name from the good folks at Die Hard Dice. We love them. Use the code hideous to get 15% off your Die Hard Dice. But the Desert Oasis set is actually what killed Lyra. So, irony? I guess. I guess. I guess. Isn't it ironic? I think yeah. I'm using irony wrong. Well, hey, uh, Griff Daddy, think? I did want to bring up that uh, my secondary drink is a Natty Daddy. Ooh, Natty so, Daddies. Since Oh, that big blue, baby. Yeah, since I normally call you Daddy, I figured that I should be drinking one as well. Well, I mean, that's just nature. Call me Daddy. Oh. I understand why you would, Brooks. I hate this. <laughs> I understand why you would. And it's all natty. I'm also rocking a secondary. It's the most beer I've ever brought to a record. Oh, God. I broke a rock. I have to drink that. I have an entire growler here. Um, these are from the fine folks at Imperial Oak Brewing. I've been saving this one for a special occasion. This is a beer that was brewed special for the release of Rise of Skywalker, it's called the Imperial Force Strikes Back. It's a hazy IPA, 7.5%. Um, I'm expecting that this combat is going to take more than one episode. And we're, I think we came into that knowing that that could happen. Yeah. So if it does, I, there's a good chance I'm going to drink 64 ounces of beer at this table, um, today and get really fucked up. I'm also wearing my, uh, Dioxirio, uh, Phrasma t-shirt for good luck and my Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties hat because it's going to be sad when somebody dies. Oh man, I can't really get over this this cocktail. Uh, yeah, this is not. To, yep, this is me finishing it. Oh boy. Okay. So guys, where we last left our heroes, you had. Oh boy. Oh, Emily, your face. <laughs> I'm really struggling uh, with this drink. I think we had a close one on the vomit. I had to. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Big yeah, breakfast and yeah. that to follow. Ooh, boy. So yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did put it aside. I have a cider instead. Yeah, I, 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 I tried one or two j- drinks and I oh, gagged. So. I'm popping a bon and Viv. <laughs> I'm done. This I drink has mine. completely derailed this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stopped us dead in our tracks. Yeah, I wasn't I, expecting it to be that bad, but it's. I honestly thought it was gonna be good. I was expecting a more sugary, chocolatey flavor to it, and it's not there. Yeah, I actually won't call out the patrons for this one because I feel like this is an easy mistake to make. Like this would be good. I feel like on paper it has the trappings of something that I yeah alcoholic oh, yeah. chocolate milk, but. In reality, it's nowhere near. It's, it's nowhere near that. It just tastes like vodka and cream. I hardly even get the creme de cacao. Maybe if you had like chocolate milk. Yeah, if you use like chocolate ten milk ounces base. of chocolate milk to mix it with, maybe. But oh boy, yeah, it'll it'll kind of just slosh around in my stomach. <laughs> and I already feel laden with cream, so I'm ready to ready hey to rock into this. That Star Wars beer is fucking excellent, though. Can I try it? Yeah. It's IPA. Yeah. Well, here's here's to daddy. Oh, thank you, Brooks. <laughs> ha! 
How many of those did you bring to our home? Mm. Great point. Great point. Um, at the gas station, they sell them in three packs. And uh, they're 25 ounces a pop. <laughs> At twenty five ounces each, I bought it for two ninety five. Yeah, so real bargain. All I, right, yeah. with the drinks capades out of the way, our party leveled up and had some seriously strange dreams in the Schloss before being. I guess awoken, most of the party was, Eclipse was already awake, by the Beast of Lepidstat, returned with some gear and ready to do battle. You exchange pleasantries and realize that your goals are the same. His father is trapped in the laboratory that's been taken over by Dr. Saloon. Along with that, you met a homunculus named Waxwood. He couldn't speak, but did write some of the details of what's going on upstairs. And he told you that he's basically the one that's keeping Count Karamark alive. By feeding him and bringing him water, he's trapped in some sort of apparatus designed by Dr. Viv. He tells you that both the Beast Brother and the Mad Doctor are upstairs somewhere, but he hasn't seen them in a little bit. What's your plan? You're on the first floor of this tower. All right. So I think all of us know we're about to go into a fight, right? Like our characters would know this. We as players all know this. With that, like I've gone through my buff spells and all of mine are rounds per level. So I will not be casting any to start with. But if there's any other buffs that we want to do, we're going to want to do that because Eclipse and Matumbe need to find a way to stealthily, ha, jokes, uh, get up to the machine. So I think that's the plan. Yeah, we're going to party up and try and uh, at least prevent Dr. Saloon from controlling the beast, if not actively support the beast in his big uh, David Goliath fight versus his brother. Um, the Hound in the Mountain. Hound in the Mountain, exactly. And as far as buff spells from Atumbe, I do have one. It's the communal protection from evil that I can hit my immediate party with. I, I don't think I can extend it to the beast as well. Um, thing about it is it is minutes per level, but it is split minutes. So it, I'm, I really only want to cast it right before we go in there. You know, I don't want to cast it now and then we go upstairs and walk up a long time and burn through it by the time we get up there. Because we'll each only have about a minute with it. Yeah, so you'll have 10 rounds. Yeah. yeah. So, so at that yeah. point, it's a rounds per level spell. Pretty much. And everybody knows at the start of every fight, even real uh, real wars, you have to ask the other party, have you buffed yet? Uh, did you buff a little early? Does everyone like have their rounds per level marked? Yeah, simple stuff, really. Simple stuff. So in terms of actual strategy, your climbing the tower and then Matumbe and Eclipse are attempting to stealth. Is that the gist of it? Sure. Sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have a question. Um, this is a kind of general question. If I am flying, that doesn't help at all with stealth. It doesn't help with stealth. It certainly helps with your mobility. 
Okay, because, uh, yeah, Eclipse will be flying. I mean, you know you need to get to basically the tallest point in this tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're That's either going to be climbing ladders or steps or whatever, or you're going to be flying. Right, and that makes sense. So that means, like, so Eclipse has a, a new ability as of this level up, and she can now fly for seven minutes. Is that, well, is that seven minutes at a pop, or can you break that out by level? It's probably a one minute per level thing. That's kind of what I thought too. Maybe like a, a witch's fly hex. Be- so the actual like it's called mind over gravity. So as a standard action, I can expend one point of mental focus and give myself a fly speed of sixty with perfect maneuverability. That effect lasts one minute per occultist level I possess. Okay, but it's key- so it's keyed off mental focus. You could potentially do this again later. Yeah, okay. I, ha- I I have four gotcha. in transmutation yeah. today. Okay. So I have technically seven times four minutes. Okay, cool. Because if we get to the top and realize that like we still have to climb ladders and go way up, I might just pop my fly potion to get up there and skip it all. Right, and I'll be like, I have seven minutes, which is con- considerable yeah. in you know combat terms. So yeah, you're effectively flying the whole combat. Like, right, it's not going past forty something rounds. <laughs> I don't know, guys. We got all day. <laughs> And because it's automatically perfect maneuverability, I, I also automatically get a pretty huge bonus to my fly. Yeah, a, a plus eight bonus to my fly check. Nice. If I need Sweet. to. That's also, awesome. just so you know, Haley, mechanically, now that you have a reliable means of flight, you can start putting points into fly if you want to. I already have them. Oh, okay. So even generally the way- the, I'm ready. The way the fly skill works is that- you can only put ranks into it when you have a reliable means of flight. But, I mean, no, it doesn't really matter. She's been practicing by jumping she's been practicing by jumping. I, I was going to say, like, I've, I've had, um, because of the way that, like, some I know I'm a spellcaster, it was more of a, like, I, I know Potion of Fly exists, I know I've used it, and, and, like, things like that, I guess. That's where my head went, as well as I already started to, started with some stuff that was supposed to make me my movement a little bit better. So that's why I felt like it was reasonable that Eclipse would be planning and trying to get better because there's magical items and like she's starting to s- exhibit those signs. That's why I had already put a couple only only in the past like couple levels. Yeah, I mean, most of the time you wait till you get fly and then you just dump like six ranks into it anyway. So it's all good. So, you guys are currently still in the chamber with the Gurion corpse where you slept last night and the adamantine slab that opens a hatch to the next floor. Make me a knowledge engineering or dungeoneering. I have engineering. I can help, though, if the two base would better. Now. Is that an either-or thing or... It's an either or. They'll give you the same information. All right. Um, also, I made the executive decision to only play the shack drop when I'm using points from my pool, not the free stuff, because it's way too taxing on me to go back and forth. Um, it's okay. also... I auto-aid for engineering. Every skill roll. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. 35. Yeah, so you're looking at this chamber in the spiral staircase that goes up in the first floor that you're in. Goes up about 75 feet before it enters the second chamber you think if it's if the rest of the tower is spaced like this and the lab's supposed to be at the top from what waxwood told you as well as the the bond slave thrall is supposed to be at the very top you think 
the laboratory is not going to be through this door. Okay. Uh, so what do you guys say we establish, you know, just say standard party order and go through? Like, maybe check for traps or something on the door, but besides that, like, let's just roll. Wouldn't we have uh, Eclipse and Matumbe up first, though? That's fine, yeah. And then followed by Ikmer and Freya and the Beast. Sure. Do so, we want the beast in back? I think no, you maybe want him okay. in the front of the non-stealth squad. Okay, that makes sense. So, yep. Eclipse, Matumbe, Beast, Ikmer, Freya. So just align yourselves on... Uh, there's a big F on the map. That's where you came from. And then there's another... So as you enter this room, it's dimly lit and pretty devoid of any furnishings you see another spiral staircase that goes up some more another 75 feet up is it open it is not there's another hatch but like is it an open staircase yes it's an open staircase like because i i would i would start flying because okay before you do so let me explain the rest of the room that's fine this room is choked in thick webs Gross. Everywhere you move is difficult terrain. You're getting stuck to the ground. You realize flight is not an option here. It's the webs are basically attached to every corner. Um and the beast would say This used to be my brother's room. But I don't see him. Everybody make a perception check. That is definitely falling onto an 18, but it's cocked. I'll reroll. 20. Dirty. 30, 20. 12, unless it's to see through disguises. 15. 14. So, Matumbe, with a 20, you can corroborate what the beast is saying. You don't see anything moving in this room, you think it'd be relatively easy with all the webs around that you'd see something moving up in them. Mm -hmm. Um, Larry, this, this seems like an extraordinary amount of webbing for someone's room. Did, do do you suppose he abandoned the room and some sort of spider took over or is this a byproduct of your brother? He made these webs he used to sleep in them. You can go ahead and make a knowledge nature check now that you're up close. And he's talking so... Your brother does not look like you, does he then? <laughs> no. 22. 22. These look like webs from a drider. I, as a person, know what that is. Yeah, Matumbe would know what that is, too. He turns to the rest of his party. Some sort of foul drow sorcerer or something may have made these a creature unholy called a drider. Hey, no flesh golem would have done this, unless it's some unholy combination of flesh golem and... Drider, I guess. That doesn't seem too unlikely given everything else we've seen in this area. Yeah. 
Well, I guess then I'll, I'll put away my sword then and uh, use the cup now. At, at least I know that going, well, going into it. You could ask the beast for clarification if you wanted to. He's not going to be able to... Like, he wouldn't tell you, oh, he's got parts of a drider. Yeah. But you could probably get a gist of what, if he's like a combination of things, what other things he might have. So I think I think Matube might do exactly that. Uh, he, he doesn't look like you. He can produce webs. He may be part drider. In your best words, my friend, how would you describe your brother? Hmm. He has the lower body of a spider, yes. And thick claws and tentacles. You're right, he he doesn't look much like me except he has the head of a, a man and and the, the torso of a man, but he's he's bigger than me. Hmm. This is all good to know. Uh, frankly, besides that, I'm I don't I don't know what else to do on this level, guys. You know, we we perceived a little bit. With that, again, rolling over that engineering, the lab's probably the next floor up. Okay. So, Matumbe um, says, I think I got a good look at the tower from the outside. I think this is the final stop through this door. If we are going to protect ourselves, sheath our bodies in magic for the upcoming tussle, I think we do that now. Hey, Griffin, I have a slight question. Sure. Um, is the floor sound enough uh, that it's not going to be broken in any sort of way? Yes. Okay. This building doesn't appear half blown up like the, <laughs> the one building where you decided to use burst spells. Okay, so then, uh, obviously, because you said the, the webs would be unacceptable for flying, Eclipse will start her flying right when we get to the top near the trapdoor. Okay. As we reach the top, getting uh, to the trapdoor, Freya looks around to the party, saying, Let Erastel give us courage. And she casts Bless, which is seven minutes. Okay. Uh, what type of spell is Bless? It is an enchantment, mind affecting spell. So this is strange. Unlike any of the flesh golems you've faced, the beast appears emboldened by Bless. Oh. Very cool. Huh. That's awesome. Well, Ikmer also has a uh, potion of displacement, so he's going to have that just very close to his hand, um, very close by, and as soon as he steps through that door, he will drink it up. Uh, in the moment before we open the door, Matumbe would blast his three compatriots and himself with protection from evil, um, which is which would be a minute for all of us, except for me, which it'll be two minutes. What type of spell is that? Uh, let's find out here. Abjuration, parentheses, good. Does it allow spell resistance? 
It does. Wait, no, it does not. It does not. Um, and because it requires a will save to resist, right, if you use mm-hmm. it on an enemy, uh, the beast will benefit from this as well. Does if you choose to share it with him. Um, I actually don't think I can get to the beast as well. Wait, you know what? I, I, I thought there was there were creature caps. It's not. It's just the minute caps. So I could actually give one to the beast as well. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. You can give it. You can split the minutes as many as many minutes as you have. You can split them amongst as yeah, many creatures. Th- there are there are some spells that are like you can like dimension door or something. It's like number of targets. And for whatever reason, I thought that was targets. No, it is minutes. So uh, the beast has a minute of protection from evil as well. And wow. to clarify. Uh, when we go through the, when we end up going through the door, Matuma man in his left hand he has his shield, his book is sheathed, and in his right hand he's holding an extract. Yes, and Eclipse has her axe, of course, but also a dagger in her other hand. Okay, so what I would ask is that everybody using a buff spell. So whoever originated the buff spell, keep the rest of us honest. This is round one as you open the door. Now, if you have a minutes per level spell, don't even worry about it, right? But if it's a rounds per level spell, like displacement and like protection from evil, just make sure that um, you're keeping track of that because I have it on the beast sheet, so I need to know when I need to tick it off. Yep. Sounds good. All right. You open the door as you enter the lab of creation. You see many bottles and vials and bubbling mixtures on tables, and you see some slabs with human remains on them. What you notice first is the sound of bubbling, but also the sound of chains swinging slowly. And you see meat hooks hanging the 75 feet down from the ceiling to maybe five feet above the ground. Several of them have corpses hooked to them in various states of dissection. Make a perception check. Twenty-six. <sighs> dice giveth, dice taketh away. That's a fourteen. Sixteen. Also a sixteen. Much. Okay. So with a sixteen, Ikmer, you look up, and you see what appears to be a sliding opening. I can't think of the word. A retracting dome. Type Trap of. Door. Almost like a retracting dome, like a, um, it appears to be a false ceiling mm-hmm. and it appears to open up. You can tell that. Freya, you see a bell jar, a large one. It contains a dead woman preserved perfectly. Eclipse. You see a large iron idol banded in that same green metal. Looks like adamantine to you. The idol appears much like a fat doll 
and it's engraved with sewn lips and a representation of a man being crushed to death. It looks kind of like an iron casket, but with a 26, you can see that through the eye holes, there are terrified living eyes looking out at you, darting across the room at the new entrance, you. And you hear muffled screaming coming from inside it, very faint to you, as if something is impairing the mouth of the person inside. You also see a larger slab, and this one you think is sized appropriately for the Beast of Lepidstadt. Everyone can see on the floor and on parts of the ceiling not as apparent as downstairs, and it won't really impede you much, but the remnants of web streaked around the room, and the other thing you notice is that it's been meticulously cleaned away in the working area of this laboratory. You don't see anyone. Matumbe, I think we found Larry's dad, but it's time we've got to get up. we got to keep going up. But if you look up there, and, and you can barely hear it, but you can see the eyes. Death has not come for this one yet. Life still clings to his bones. I don't want to leave him in here, but... Eclipse, let's go. Let's find the device. Destroy Dr. Saloom, Larry's brother, and then we can free the innocent. Sounds good. And then, uh, we'd, at least Matumbe and I would start try to be very quiet and going up. So, you look around the room, you see a ladder that leads up. But the ladder appears to lead into this closed sunroof. But there's a lever next to the ladder. A lever on the ground? A lever or? on the ground next okay. to the ladder. Um, I say we climb the ladder, turn turn to the side, give a thumbs up, and then somebody on the ground can pull the lever. Yeah, I was going to say, I can fly up and... Yeah, I'll climb. You fly. Sounds good. And then when we're up there... Sounds great. Pull the ripcord on this thing. Makes sense. Okay, so... Place yourselves on the map as Matumbe and Eclipse. So Eclipse is flying currently. And then Ikmer, Freya, and the Beast are on the ground by the lever. You pull the lever. And you start to hear the thunderstorm raging outside as the oculus opens and looming over the edge is a creature that's nearly indescribable mainly because it's a mishmash of so many different 
things. It looms over the edge, and you see its spider-like legs wrapping around the opening now, and it looks down at you, and it smiles that weird, lifeless, Larry smile down at you, its eyes blazing yellow, its hair patchy and missing in places, and its large lobster claws chittering. Then you hear the those of you at the top of the ladder hear a sliminess, like something slithering as the tentacles of its abdomen writhe forth and begin wrapping around and through its spidery, furry legs. You see they each leave a trail of slick fluid and it moans and I need everybody to roll for initiative. Oh. Oh boy. Is it dark? Yes. Well, no, the Oculus is open. I'll say it's low light because it's a very, very deep storm. Nine. Twenty. Eight. All right, my teammate's coming in with a 24. All right, let me sort this. This is a pretty big combat with a lot of initiatives here. Griff, I know you're sorting over there, but just for perspective here, um, Matumbe is at the top of this ladder. We open the Oculus. You've got Eclipse right up there with him. About how high off of the ground are we? At this point, you're 75 feet off the ground. Oh, so we're up there. And you can see through the Oculus another 100 feet up is this lightning rod. And you can actually see on the map you guys can place yourselves on level with this tower. It's weird. Paizo gave us a... Uh, Paizo you know, normally gives a bird's-eye view of a map. This map is actually looking at it from the side. It's very tall. At the top of the order for the final combat of the Trial of the Beast is Matumbe. I'm gonna have to wash this shirt because I've already sweat through it. Um, (laughs) So, is it... uh, Alright. How close is the brother? So the brother is essentially across the room from you on the same level as you. So, it appears nearly... nearly 60 or 50 feet away from you. Okay. So I did say Matume has an extract in his right hand. Um, shit. I. I don't think it makes any sense to put it away and then pull something else because I'm. I want to pull out my fly, my fly potion, and drink it. I think it makes any sense to pull it, put it away. Um, so what he's gonna do is he's gonna pop the cork on this thing and. As an investigator, he's got a little bit of his alchemical knowledge. He did copy some some recipes into his book from Vorkstag, and he pops it and throws back an enlarged person spell. Holy shit. Matumbe on, on the ladder grows twice his height. He grows to 14 feet tall. 
and the ladder creaks, but remains solid. And so he has this empty potion vial, just kind of tosses it uh, to the side, and then pulls his potion of fly, because I'm going to drink that next. Okay. A flying 14-foot Matumbe is uh, absolutely terrifying. It's a force of nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not something I was expecting, this combat. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I kept learn. this to myself. I kept this to myself. I didn't tell anybody I prepared that. Gotta learn to expect the unexpected with you folks. So, next in the order is Ikmer. Ikmer, from the ground, you see this creature 75 feet in the air, and it's just terrifying to behold. Okay. He is going to first definitely drink his potion. Next, he is going to antagonize this creature uh, standing up there so that it is hopefully going to uh, come down and fight on the same level. So, he's also not going to do the uh, sense motive that would be uh, normally the first step. That's fine. Perfectly sane action coming from the ground. Yes. Not much else you can do to it. All right. 16 on the die. Plus 12. So that is a 28. With a 28. What's the DC? 10 plus the target's hit die plus the wisdom modifier. Unfortunately, it is immune to mind-affecting effects. Oh. It is a construct. That would have done it. That would have done it. You would have got him. Well, Ikram will still say, Get down here, you you just ugly thing. I mean, what an abomination you are, especially coming from me. Next in the order is the aberrant Promethean. And it moves 60 feet down, ignoring Matumbe and Eclipse. It is now 15 feet above the ground on the opposite side of the chamber as you. And its mouth opens, unhinges like a snake and it emits this moan that reverberates off of your bones I need everyone in the downstairs to make me a will save I'm gonna use Tenacious no you're not, you're only gonna use that if you roll bad we've been through this a hundred times it's after you fail yeah, use Tenacious after you failed is this a fear effect? This is... Every time. This is not. And it's actually a fortitude save. I apologize. Oh. Then I'm not going to use Tenacious. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I mean, I just assume based on my... Oh, man. Okay. I... I don't know whether to be confident or not. Okay, well, why don't I get some rolls? Yeah, that is a 19 from me. A 19. 
You feel the urge to vomit as the bones shake in your body, but you steel yourself. Grip your sword even tighter and get ready as this thing has gotten close. Tinkered, but thank goodness. Freya? Eleven. Freya, you are nauseated for two rounds. So for reference, creatures with a nauseated condition experience stomach distress. Nauseated creatures are unable to attack, cast spells, concentrate on spells, or do anything else requiring attention. The only action such a character can take is a single move action per turn. So for two turns, you are nauseated. Holy shit, that really stinks. The other good news is that both Freya and Ikmer are immune to this creature's moans for the rest of the day. So we come up here, this thing drops down, moans, Freya just immediately starts vomiting. <laughs> yeah, and you feel it like it's it feels like it's shaking your bones and separating the flesh off of them. Ugh. It's like this weird wow. note. Moaning and boning. It's yeah, it's not quite the brown note. <laughs> it's but kind of the it's brown almost. note. It's intestinal distress. <laughs> <laughs> Eclipse, you're up. You are flying seventy-five feet in the air at the lip of this oculus. Um, can I make a quick perception check to see if I can find uh, the duct? Yes. 25. You don't see her up there. You see this lightning rod, though. It appears another roughly 60 feet up to at least the platform it's on. So you guys are on the edge. Yeah. It's directly in the center, so it's 60 feet up and then another 15 feet into the center. Alright, so I'm going to cast Warding Weapon. My um, dagger's going to go up into the air and uh, protect me. And then I'm going to move 60 feet straight up. Okay. Do you have a fly speed of 60 with that? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So yeah, you have perfect maneuverability. You get right up there. And you're out in the elements now and the rain is hitting you and the storm is surging the wind is whipping, but with that perfect maneuverability, you are fine. Nice. nice. Next in the order is Freya. Freya, you're nauseated. So you can only move or take a move action. Freya moves behind Ikmer uh, to put him in between her and the creature. Clever girl. It's now the Beast of Lepidstat's turn. I gotta check him out, because he is a bundle of fun. He enters a rage, seeing his brother there. He knows what's happened. That his brother pushed him off the tallest tower. And is trapping their father in this place. So the beast, with his protection from evil and his bless, moves into the room. Five, ten, fifteen... 20, and he needs to get closer because this creature is up in the air. So 25, and he receives an attack of opportunity as this huge monstrosity has reach over him. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed, baby, because his AC is not looking hot. All right, it hits him. Darn it. So the beast gets hit by one of the claws, taking... 26 points of damage and then 
the creature attempts to grab him as he's a size category smaller, the beast is grabbed. In the claws. Uh, shit, not a great start at in all. In the claws of this creature, and the claw, as if on a pneumatic hinge, crushes the beast, dealing 20 more points of damage. How are we supposed to survive this? What? I really thought we had a leg up by having the beast. Nah, that beast's gonna die. (laughs) The beast is in the clutches of this creature, and he attempts to break that grapple. Does so easily. Rips his way out of the claw. It almost looks like a crab claw that you're breaking into as you eat it as it just hyper extends and the beast pushes out of it now in melee range of this creature but that's his turn next in the order is Matumbe Matumbe eclipses flown to the top of the tower correct? Yeah I flew 60 feet up. So she's flown past all of the ladder that's next to you yep all right, so 60 feet from the roof, uh, Matumbe. Actually, how far could I climb in a round without drinking my fly potion? I'm just curious. In a round, I think you can only climb half your move speed unless you make like a DC whatever climb check to move full speed. Or you might have to make the climb check to move half speed. I'd have to consult the rules, but it's not nearly as fast as flying for one move action. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, without really, like, hitting the forums and shit, not worth it. Uh, Matumbe's gonna slam back that fly potion, uh, toss the empty bottle to the side. Empty bottles are just raining around his companion. This is his new mode. This is his new He's mode. He's drinking shit. Matumbe doesn't drink alcohol, he just drinks strange concoctions. Yep. Yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> There's a little. Matumbe's more of a pill guy. <laughs> oh yeah, he's on that speed. So he takes, uh, he takes the potion of flight, which would be a standard action, and then he begins to ascend. When you have the spell fly cast upon you, which is basically the same as drinking a potion, you can ascend at half your speed. So since I still have a move action left, and the speed I would get would be sixty feet, I can ascend thirty feet. And as he's just rising like this. 15 foot tall it also increases his weight by a factor of 8 for those of you at home (laughs) this massive dense Matumbe is just floating towards the top of the tower he's just going to say Eclipse get to the machine because he's giant oh and he talks slowly (laughs) everybody knows giants are just like it takes a lot you know he's he's got a lot more going on so uh yeah he's 30 feet away from the top now i believe okay all right hickmer okay so uh i have also pulled up the fly spell because i have my potion and the thing is 15 feet in the air so I have no chance of reaching it from the ground. Ikmer has no chance of reaching it from the ground. So, uh, he as well... Um, I do want to clarify, just for listeners... Steve, are you wearing medium or heavy armor? 
I am wearing medium armor, but it's mithril, so it is treated as light. Fantastic. You're very good at reading the rules. Uh, I, on the other hand, descend at a... Or ascend at a different pace because I am wearing my heavy armor. And so I can still make it very comfortably at 40 feet. And I will be... uh, Have to take that attack of opportunity just to get into range, this but I will. This creature does not have combat reflexes. Ooh, fantastic. Then that is what I will do. Unfortunately, I can't charge, uh, but I can still take that uh, single attack. Well, wait, so you drank a potion. Oh, uh, That's your standard action. Yep. Then you can move up to it. Thank you, Griffin. I uh, was was so, so ready to attack, I forgot my man. Okay. But now I know. It's this creature's turn. It sees a new assailant come up right into its grill. It lashes out at Ikmer. Oh my gosh. Bad times. Okay, that's going to be a 37 to hit you. Almost. Bad times. That was was so close. So it just barely got me. Don't you have displacement on? I do. Oh shit, you have displacement on. Let's see. That's a. So I'm going to say. Um, 51 and higher he gets you because I'm rolling cool that's a 52 you motherfucker rocket fucking shit alright well I already rolled this so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 where's the compliance team can I file a complaint Yeah. 19 points of damage alright and then it attempts the grab. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming... <laughs> oh, God. 43 beats your CMD. <laughs> I, I don't even have to answer. Yep. <laughs> so, it constricts you for... 19 more points of damage. Oh. Again, take this out separately. And then... With this unearthly quickness, it transfers you from its claw to its tentacles, and I need you to make a fortitude save. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I don't think I got it, guys. Uh, Seventeen. Meets beats. Oh, oh. No. oh my goodness. You feel your muscles stiffen Woo. as you enter these tentacles, and the slime I talked about earlier seeps into your skin, but you're able to shake it off. You're still grappled in these tentacles, but you're not paralyzed. Oh, oh boy. This, Bro, this, uh, if you were paralyzed, that'd be lights out. This clips. Uh, all right, so I'm hovering just by the edge of this platform. Do you, can I make another perception check to see if I see, you know? Yes. You may. Twenty. With the twenty, you don't see anyone on this platform, but you do notice that the switches have been flipped. Looks like to the on position of this um, device. Should I switch them off? I think we need some checks before we do that. I right. Mean, what if on is like the beast is on and we just turn off the beast? Right. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> turn off the uh, beast. beast mode. So <laughs> what kind of knowledge check can I do? Arcana. Okay. I actually have that. Yeah. 20. With the 20, you know, or at least you think you do, that 
part of this being on is the lightning rod attracting this storm. And you've been hearing the thunder around you. You can hear the hum of the device. And the lightning cracks around you. You think that it needs this electricity to be used. So you think that's what's turned on right now. But like control panel or is there just levers? It looks like there's a control panel if you sit down on it. It looks like it's kind of like a you sit in a place and control. Any real scientist would label their levers. <laughs> Dr. Viv. Well, this isn't Viv's thing. I I do not know what to do here. Um, like, realistically, I don't really want to sit in that because I don't want to take over the beast. Like, so you just delay or you buff yourself again? So, yes, at this point, um, I'm not really sure what I can do. So um, I'd like to delay until Matume is on the same level. So you can ready an action. You can't delay because you've already moved to get on the platform, right? I'm I'm right next to the platform. Okay, yes. Then you can delay your whole turn. Okay. All right. Next in the order is Freya. This is your last round of nausea. Freya's hunched over, gripping her stomach, and in between gagging, she's able to look up at this creature and think about what it is. Knowledge Arcana, what you got? 19? 19, you know nothing about this creature. Oh no, I rolled pretty well too. Ah. Well, I mean, the beast told us that it's a construct. Yeah, you know, uh, you know it's a flash goblin. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So she'll treat it as such, but I was hoping to get a little bit more information because she can't do anything. She's not going to move. She stays there and tries not to vomit. Yeah, a knowledge check is a good move for somebody that's nauseous. Next in the order, you hear another humming as the bond slave thrall whirs to life. This hum is deeper, and you hear fluid kind of fill some pipes, kind of like the uh, the sounds that happen at the beginning of the Monster Mash song. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, I don't have that drop ready, Griffin, <laughs> so no. <laughs> and that's all that happens. So it's the beast's turn, and he full attacks at his brother, First attack hits. Second attack also hits. Final attack misses. And he deals. Holy shit. 65 points of damage. Get it. All right. Nice. All right. Matumbe, you're next. Okay. So... Again, with me rising like a Thanksgiving Day Macy's Parade balloon up. Uh, one move action gets Matumbe up to the platform next to Eclipse. Yep. I want to do a hot perception right now. Before I do that actual perception roll, what do I see? It's just one console, correct? With a big lightning rod? It's a huge lightning rod sticking another 
50 feet into the sky, Mm -hmm. you see the clouds swirling around and lightning begins to strike nearby. You see several levers that appear to have been switched to the on position, at least Eclipse would tell you as much, and then a console that has several more buttons and levers um, and a chair. Okay. So um, he's going to uh, look to Eclipse, and I, I assume that this looks exactly like what was in the drawings that we talked about last episode, right? Yep. I believe this is the Inferno machine that was referenced in the documentation. Uh, He's going to spend the rest of his turn uh, basically running and jumping into the chair, and he's going to turn back to Eclipse and just say, Watch my back. I am going to try and help the beast. So you move into the chair and you sit down. It creaks under the eight times weight. Of Shaquille O'Neal. So actually, I'm 300 pounds. That's 2,400 pounds yeah, sitting down that chair. That's a lot for this chair. The suspension isn't looking good on this chair. Um, when Matumbe sits down, he focuses on the control panel and he feels hot breath on his face. And then the face of Dr. Saloom appears right in front of him. You can't stop my progress. And then... Uh A sickle slashes across large Matumbe's neck. I may have fucked up. (laughs) This is against your flat-footed AC. Okay, that's gonna be a 25 against your flat. That'll do it. So that will deal... 25 points of damage and I need you to make a fortitude save. Okay. Uh, I, this is this might be a little retroactive, but you could do this as part of a move action. This doesn't change anything that you just did. Uh, Matumbe would have just drawn his book coming yep, up. I have fine. plenty of move actions to do that. I just didn't call that out. Mm-hmm. Um, as he sits down into this chair, we take 25 points of damage. Take 25 points of damage and roll me a fortitude save. Hmm. Unfortunately, none of my allies are around me right now. Oh, but that doesn't matter. Give me a 27. The 27, you pass, but you feel the poison course through your veins. And you see Dr. Saloom staring you in the face. Emily, what does she look like at this point? I'm sorry, was she invisible or something? Yes. Oh my god, that's that's terrifying. She's just standing in front of this chair waiting for someone to sit down in it and Mm -hmm. fucking slash him with a sickle. Just sitting there buffing. Oh, that is awful. Her hair is starting to gray, and one of the first things you notice as she looks you in the face are the piercing purple eyes with dark rings underneath them. And as she moves, she's pretty agile, but if she, like stand still for a second she's twitching a little bit and when she attacks you see part of her arm is exposed and it's laced with what looks like equations that have been carved into her arms and some of them are openly bleeding a little bit fuck Jesus I mean thanks for taking that to a level I couldn't have taken that to (laughs) 
You need phrasma. Next in the order is Eclipse. Eclipse, you see Dr. Saloom become visible and slash Matumbe's throat. Okay, so Eclipse wants to take a five foot closer because she was just kind of hanging off the edge there, flying. So now she would like to be flying in the square, like right directly on top of the kind of thing. Um, So kind of diagonal to her is uh, Viv. So would you all agree that it's uh, thunderstorming? Yes. All right, how neat is that? Um, I'm going to call lightning down on her. Doesn't that take a full round to cast? Yeah, so I'll call late lightning, but it's uh, nothing happens until next round. Okay. It's Viv's turn. She sees you chant, and she full attacks you, Eclipse. Taking damage will interrupt your spell. She attacks with a bite, a claw, and sickle. So I'll give you the sickle first. The sickle is a... 16, which I don't think will hit. No. And then here comes the bite and the claw. Bite will hit at a uh, 14 on the die. And the claw will miss at a 2 on the die. So the bite, she sinks her teeth into you now and deals... Seven points of damage, and your spell, you need to make a concentration check, plus the damage taken to maintain casting. Fuck. I rolled a two on the die. You lose the spell. Next in the order is Ikmer. Ikmer, you're grappled. Well, thankfully, thankfully, I can attack once. So that's, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Come on, Zokar. Give me some sort of help. All right. Zokar channeled his uh, inner alcohol and was able to help with a 19 on the die. Plus 12. Goes to. Uh, plus 12 would equal 31. 31 hits. Thankfully. And because uh, I don't have a D3, well, D6, 6 on the die, that's going to go for 8 damage adamantine that bypasses the DR and it all goes through next in the order is this creature Ikmer you automatically take 12 points of damage and I need you to make another fortitude save Okay. as these tentacles continue oh well hold on let me make sure I don't roll a 1 Oh, to continue the grapple yes. on you. I rolled a natural 10. Okay. So that's a 50 to continue grappling you. Unfortunately, my uh, displacement doesn't help me out there, but, you know. Oh, yeah, you're in the worst situation for someone with displacement because you're getting persistent damage. 24. On 24. The fortitude. Again, you feel this gross slime seep into your skin but it doesn't lock your joints up and now it's the Promethean's turn and the Promethean attempts to kill his brother he's going to slam twice at the beast and he hits both times fuck I didn't know I need so many d6s 
I got it though. There's too many. Oh, it's a lot. Oh dear. The beast takes 49 points of damage, and he is not looking good at all. Fuck. The creature then attempts to grapple its brother. Double grapple. This thing. Succeeds. Oh no. So is Ikmer in one claw and the beast in the other? Tentacle. No, Ikmer's in the tentacles oh, now. So the tentacles. Oh, my God. Ikmer's grappled and this creature is no longer grappled as his tentacles just kind of absorb Ikmer into its body. But the beast is now in a claw and the beast takes another another 20 points of damage. Fuck. That's this creature's turn. It's now officially grappled because it has the beast in its hand. It's Freya's turn. Freya, you're no longer nauseated. Positive energy does not heal constructs. Does not. Heal check on Ikmer's HP level. Sure. I rolled a 19, so I'm pretty sure that succeeds. I got you. 49. Is how many you have? Correct. Okay. Okay. So that last hit would have left me staggered. If it hit me in the same way that it hit the beast, and that would have put me in the worst possible position ever. Freya moves up to get within 30 feet of the combat. Unfortunately, her healing is not going to do much good for Ikmer. Can't help the beast at all. So what she is going to do is shoot an adamantine arrow at the construct. Okay. I rolled a one. Okay, you miss. Oof. Next in the order is the beast. The beast... The beast begins to slam. It it lets the ogre hook limp. And it hangs off of his shoulder. And the beast throws his shoulder into the side of this claw, attempting to deal as much damage as possible... He hits twice. Lowest was a 13 on the die. And finally, you get to see the beast's slam attacks. And he deals 71 points of damage. Whoa! Oh my goodness. Whoa. Super hot. Fire. It's Matumbe's turn at the top of the tower in the seat. With the bond slave thrall, Matumbe as an arcane cast, or as a, what are you now? A divine and arcane caster? It's a mess. Um, as a divine caster, you can grant the beast fast healing. As a arcane caster, you can channel a spell through the beast. As a inquisitor, you can give the beast one of your feats. So those are your options if you choose to help him or you can enter the combat with Viv. It's either activate the Bond Slave Thrall or hop out of that chair and start pummeling Dr. Saloom. I really want to help the beast, but I literally just got stabbed in the neck. And what happens at the start of your turn... Okay. Because you were dealt sneak attack damage from Dr. Viv, you actually take four points of bleed. Ugh. And you're bleeding. 
so he can feel the warm blood just running down the inside of his breastplate and he's about to pull a lever then he it, uh, but then he just thinks to himself you know Matume is incredibly intelligent he knows that there's this woman behind him who can tear him to pieces and although Eclipse is engaging her in combat I gotta remove the immediate threat so he kind of combat rolls a little bit out of the chair five foot it's five foot step essentially and as a large creature now he is able to flank with Eclipse he is going to swiftly pull out the Inheritor's Smite to be fair, we're also so incredibly far away from this combat. I don't even know if we understand what's happening. That's true. I, in fact, like I don't, M- Matume might not know that the the beast is in such dire straits that he is. You can't exactly. see through the floor, right? Yeah. So what he's going to do is, all right, I'm I'm just going to give it all this round. Swift action, Inheritor Smite. Matume is going to use use an instance of inspiration so you know he has skills <laughs> to try and hit Dr. Sloom. I also turned off power attack so you tell me does a 27 hit? Yes. Okay. So Matumi's going to do a little damage here. Wait 25 I'm sorry. 25 still hits. Yep I turned off power attack. Now it's off on my sheet. There you go, Steve. All right, Matumbe, with his giant book, is going to do 13 points of bludgeoning damage. What type of damage is this? So he has a cold iron book, but bludgeoning damage is it. Okay. And then I've used this spell before, but I haven't used the second half of it. Matumbe is going to use a second instance of his inspiration to channel in to the attack roll that is the free unprovoking of an attack of opportunity bull rush maneuver. Okay. You think about a 34. 34 will bull rush and it will move her 15 feet. So, Matumbe combat rolls out of this chair. Phrasma smiles upon him. Purple energy flows all over his body and coalesces into his book as he makes one giant fucking slam with the book that does a little bit of uh, damage, but it also carries this kinetic force that blasts Dr. Viv off of the top of the tower with 15 feet. That is correct. If we're looking at this map. (laughs) Unfortunately for you, you did give her three rounds to buff. No! And so you do this she stands me. on the edge of the tower in the air. Motherfucker! Oh, you think I didn't prepare for that shit, Steve? I don't know. Come on, give me some credit. Alright, <sighs> next in the order is Eclipse. Eclipse, Matumbe just bull rushed Viv off the tower, and she kind of laughs at you. <laughs> It won't be that easy for you. I've been watching. What are you doing? Eclipse, you're up. Alright, so Eclipse is going to... She's going to take a five foot up, but not impede any line of sight that Matumbe might have. Okay. 
Um, and she will cast Shocking Grasp. Okay, is she, is she casting that before she moves up into combat, or is Viv going to get an attack of opportunity? There's no attack her? of opportunity because of the wording weapon. Gotcha. <laughs> this is why I cast it. Just doesn't work for when you take damage. Got exactly, it. because I didn't know it was one round casting. All right, so that is going to be a 15 on the die, plus a 13, no, 11. Against touch? Yeah, yeah. that'll hit. That hits anything in the game. Well, I don't know. <laughs> 16 points of electricity damage. Nice. Okay. You see the jolt surge through Dr. Saloon and start to burn some of her skin and her hair stands on end. And then on her turn, which it is right now, you see some of that char start to disappear. The fucking bullshit, but all right. <laughs> Emily, I really hate your character right now and I will not direct any anger at you right now. Um, but you know. Just know it's coming. Just, yeah, just know it's coming. <laughs> It's well-deserved. She's it's, pretty great. It's a well-built character, to be fair. I have to appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, gotta love it. You know, I was almost uh, I was almost thinking that she was gonna get hit with that electricity and then get hasted. I was so <laughs> worried because I've been burned so many times. Electricity actually heals her. <laughs> Dang it. She takes a five-foot float back pops an extract and you see her blur and then appear in two places at once. Blur sucks. Oh no, it's displacement, baby. Oh, it's displacement. Great. That's worse. That's way worse. That's her turn. Ikmer, you're still grappled. Would you like to attempt to escape or do you want to just attack it? As of right now, I, I feel like I have to. I, I feel the closest that I can get right now is where I am with still an ability to hit him. Does a 24 hit? Does a 24 hit the creature? Yes. Because it is grappled with the beast, yes. Oh. Wow. Okay. So, um, that, I mean, knowing what I've rolled, that kind of sucks, but I still hit it. Which is good. Two on the die. It's only one point uh, from the from the die. Six points of damage. Adamantium. That all cuts through. Silver linings, right, guys? It's the creature's turn. It attempts to maintain the grapple on Ikmer. Natty one. And does not roll a natty one, so Damn does it. not fail. <laughs> uh, I don't think. 34 still beats your... Uh, yeah. By a bit. Now it attempts the same thing on the beast, and it fails. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The beast drops out of its grip, and it appears angry. <laughs> so it attacks Larry. I've got a drop for getting out of imprisonment. Oh, no, I don't. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Hits, Larry. Come on, Larry. Just live a few more rounds. 
dealing 19 damage. It attempts to hit him again. And misses with a two on the die. Okay. It uses its extra move action to move up into the rafters with Ikmer. So it moves 30 feet up and the beast gets an attack of opportunity with his slam. Hits. Get it. Dealing 17 points of damage. Nice. But the creature is still up and it drags Ikmer into the raft, or not into the rafters, but up the wall. Scary. Next in the order is Freya. Freya looks up at the creature and Ikmer trapped in its clutches, and she knows she needs to do something for him to be able to survive. She she fishes around and pulls out her last two adamantine arrows and rapid shots at the creature. Okay. All right. Let's go. With a 17 and a 21, I'm not sure that hits. Neither hits. Haley, can you check those dice? Because I'm not sure what, she, what team Emily's playing on because she's wearing this lab coat yeah, for I don't Dr. Malice. even a little right it, now. Not okay. <laughs> hey, uh, this... I'm really glad that you guys are all here for this because this might be the start of our divorce papers. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> You'll be thanking me when we're in the prison. The beast, having Speechless. dropped his ogre hook to the side, draws the large double crossbow off his shoulder, takes aim at his brother's face, and fires. Not gonna lie, based on the size of these two creatures and probably the size of these bolts, if they, like, I'm just guessing that they're about an inch diameter and if they go through me, I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) You've had a problem in the past taking inch and diameter rods, so clever. Thank you. One of the bolts strikes true. Yes. Dealing eight points of damage, it looks like the creature completely shrugs that off. Then the beast, well, the beast is out of actions, but it just looks up at its brother and snarls. Leave Ikmer alone. It's me you want. Next in the order is Matumbe. There is absolutely no way that Matumbe and Eclipse have any idea of what is happening below them. So there is one foe that they are both engaging. Matumbe with his fly... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Matumbe with his fly potion drank is going to mechanically charge at Dr. Saloom well, he knows Dr. Saloom. I know it's Dr. Vivian Malice. Um, turning off, turning back on power attack. Here All we right. go. Roll me a percentile when you roll this. Will do. Um, I'm actually going to roll. So you charge. Yep. All right. 
So do we want to do my fly check first or my attack? So let's get your fly check because you're moving less than 60 feet and you have 60 feet of move speed, right? Okay. I'm rolling a die that was left in my tray by my good buddy, Eric. Come on, Eric. I'm gonna, uh, Eric is a new homeowner. I am going to go burn his house down with a natural one. <laughs> with a natural one. Believe that means you fall. I'm sure it does. So what I'm going to say happens here because you failed that fly check. You failed it on a charge. You moved out. So because you've moved out past where you started your movement, I'm going to say you get the hit off and then you drop. I don't know if that's rules as written. I don't really care. I think I think if you are charging with a fly, it makes sense for you to... You know, if I'm going to penalize you for being off of the platform, I'm also going to allow you to get that hit. I, I think that's fair, and not just because I have bias here, but because I also have, like, 10 feet of runway. So Matumbe is on solid ground for a while, leaps, slams, and then falls. Yep. Like, kind of, that, that, I think that kind of makes sense. And also, large. Come on, I'm not going to hit anyway. So... Yep, so roll your um, percentile with this. Yep. All right, so my actual attack would be a 22. So that misses. So All right, so no the, percentile yeah. even even needed. Yep. So Matube jumps off. He tries to slam Dr. Saloom, breezes right through her second image, and then starts to drop. And he drops 60 feet before the round is up. So you don't lose your fly or anything, but that's where you're at at the start of your turn. So then when you want to move, like, straight up... Yep. You probably got to make a fly check there to, you know, stop your descent. Eclipse, you're up next. He, sh- he should also take the bleed damage if you haven't oh, taken yes, the bleed damage. Oh, yes, please take your bleed Thanks, damage. Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. Thanks for playing Viv for me, Emily. I mean, I know you're not actually playing her, but just... I didn't even see that on the sheet, the bleed damage. I, I know I, I'm not stuff. sure. It's, it's a rogue, like a special rogue thing. Just she curious if she's making it up or not. <laughs> no, I, I mean, actually, I don't care when it's on my end, but I pulled it up on my sheet because I was like, I think Vivian has bleed damage now. And I looked and she does. It's on her sheet. All evidence. All Eclipse. evidence. All right. So while I have the wording weapon, I think I should continue to do electricity damage. So I'm going to take a five foot step up. Go ahead. Make a fly. It's a DC 10. So all, all I have to do is write less than, or I don't have to hit a one, because I have a plus 19. Yes. Okay. Okay, we're good. All right, so then I'm going to do another shocking grasp. Natural 20. Yes. Roll to confirm. 22 to touch? 22 hits touch. Roll me your 50-50 chance of hitting her. All right, so all right, all right. Roll all right. a 51 or higher. 76. That is. Yes. <laughs> Let's see some dice go. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's four sixes. No! <laughs> oh! 45 points of electricity damage. Get it. Okay. It's her turn. You may kill my mortal body, but I will live on in my work forever. She's going to make that fly check to hover where she's at. 
She got a natty 12, so she's good to go. And she's going to full attack Eclipse. Critical threat. Let me roll to confirm. Oh. And I don't think a 14 confirms. So two hits. I just made my fly check so I don't fall 10 feet when she attacked me. So that is 23 points of damage. I need you to make two fortitude saves. Uh, can I know what this is against? Poison. You sure that's not disease? Just I'm positive it's just poison. <laughs> uh, that would be then a 21 for the first one. Okay, that passes. And only a 16 for the next one. Okay, you take one point of Condrain and two points of Con damage. This will persist for six rounds. I'm sorry. No, you're not. No, you're You're literally smiling with your lab coat on. Put that little ticker there. I'll I'll keep my ticker here. Next in the order is Ikmer. Ikmer, you immediately... Or no, you take this on the beast's turn, so it doesn't... Or on the um, creature's turn, so it doesn't matter. Um, What would you like to do? You're not paralyzed. You're trapped in its grasp. Thankfully not. And I am at a bit of a predicament here. Simply because... Ikmer knows that this thing is so hyper powerful that it doesn't really matter if he gets out if he can attack it right now it's the best case thing I think but if he does get out he can have two attacks possibly so well getting out is a standard action so well uh, then after he gets out if he remains out yes he can have two attacks yeah I, th- I think it really just has to be that he is now close to the creature because it it has reach. It would be able to reach him anyways. So yeah, he has to. He has to attack. Yeah, uh, two on the die doesn't uh, doesn't do yeah, it. Yeah, I won't do it, buddy. It was shit damage anyways. So. Uh, Actually, um, I do want to know how many feet am I in the air now? You're 30 feet up. Okay. So My... you attacked twice, missed twice. Yes. And well, it is... I just attacked one time. Okay. Because the grapple or whatever. So uh, I am now halfway done with my displacement. Nothing in the verbiage of grapple, I think, says that you can't full attack. It's just that you have to be using a one-handed weapon. Yeah, we did this with Saw. You can full attack. Well, then I am definitely going to... Yeah, so that first one was at your full BAB anyway, so you can go ahead and roll again. Okay. Uh, Well, my second attack is quite a bit lower, and how does a 24 do it? Meets beats. Thank goodness. Oh my. Thank goodness. That is a 17 on the die. 
on my second attack. So that is, thankfully, full damage. Uh, so that is eight total adamantine. Eight adamantine damage. Oh. And the creature drops off the wall. What? With Ikmer in its grasp, Ikmer takes the full brunt of this fall damage. But before he does, we're going to finish our drinks, and then we'll see you next week. Wait, what? Oh, oh I my knew goodness. it. <laughs>